that we maintain our standing positions, can we pause for a while? The Lord God Almighty, He alone reigneth in all the kingdoms of the universe and beyond. As we stand in awe of your majesty, O God, we make obeisance. We worship your Godhead. Thank you for the assurance of your presence with your children, especially when they are gathered under your battlement. This presence has been guaranteed. The Lord is here. His presence is with us. And so we pray passionately too that you give us understanding. Give us divine knowledge. Bring about your heavenly illumination. And may grace from heaven fortify us with your divine shrewdness and wisdom. So that finally, Father's veracity will be vindicated. In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Can we say a better amen? That sounds more like it. Right from the outset, I thought I should express gratitude and thanks also to none other than the diocesan, the bishop and the archbishop of Enugu Diocese and of Enugu Ecclesiastical Province. In the very person of His Grace, the Most Reverend Dr. Emmanuel Olisa Chukuma, O-O-N, and his amiable wife, Diamond Mommy. You are blessed in the name of Jesus Christ. I say this because it is out of his large-heartedness and Christian charity that he has given us this leverage to come on in here today and benefit from this very auspicious and momentous Christian Thanksgiving service. Your grace, you can be certain, I will not abuse it. And I will not take the privilege for granted. And so my prayer for him is that God in heaven will continually expand the scope and boundaries of his ministry in the name of Jesus Christ. Can I terminate it thus far? Anyway, furthermore, because it is incumbent on me, with no disrespect intended anyway, to say hello to one small boy. I mean small, in inverted commas. No disrespect intended. 
Because a couple of years ago, he was as tiny as this. Oh, so you know where I'm heading to. You people, you excel yourselves. In those days, I met him under the environment and the arena of Sunday school. Incidentally, I was the teacher. He was one of the small boys that came on in. One thing surprised me. I'm trying to cut a very long story short. Because very soon you see me coming down from this pulpit. I'm done already. One thing exciting about him was that in those days, it was a stocking trade to conduct quiz, biblical quiz, Bible quiz, for the young ones, APA, ACM, whatever you call it. And the provision of the church committee was that any boy, any girl who took the first position will go home with an exercise book and a pencil. Today, it doesn't amount to anything, but in those days, Oh my God. It was a great gift. Anyone coming second, we take only the exercise book, no person. And if you happen to be in the third position, you go home with the pencil. Wonderful proportion. But you won't believe it. All the weeks, all the months, Whenever the quiz was constructed, this young man I'm talking to you about, that small boy, he will come on top. He will take first. And so, he has been cutting away all my books and pencils. I'm not here for some recompense anyway. And soon we dispersed. Just bear with me, please. Years passed. And one day, my father fell very sick. To the extent that I took him to the UNTH, the old site at the GOPD. You can imagine how it was in those days. People would be more or less crashing into each other, looking for sitting positions. And I came on in with my father. I found him a place to sit. And I stood by his back, in case he begins to behave funny. All of us were sitting up on pins and needles, waiting for the doctor to arrive. Very soon, I started hearing a murmuring. The doctor is here. The doctor is here. Do I know the doctor? I held my peace. Many people have been passing. Who is what? I claim agnostic and avow ignorance. Just content to say that I do not know. But you know, in the next three minutes, a staff came out of the office and said, Ukochuku, the doctor wants to see you. Oh my God. Church, are you here with me at all? I was jacked up from a position of insignificance onto a very high pedestal. So in the midst of all these people here in the GOPD, somebody can identify me and recognize me. Don't you see that I'm important? I got up. I swaggered a bit. After all, I was the person called by the doctor. All of you should wait. My prayer for this congregation is that in your time of need, God will send you help. 
the protocol breaker did it for me and he will do it for you in the name of Jesus Christ I urged my father on I came out and we came in immediately we came into the consulting room that tall lanky man stood up looking very important through his spectacles and he made me feel at home when he said you see who is this man from where has he known me do you now know the person I'm talking about? Oh, this is my own way of saying thank you. This is my own way of coming to Thanksgiving with you. To glorify God who is able to change our parking positions. He has done it before, he will do it again. Praise the living God. And maybe finally, I have heard a lot about chapel of his resurrection. I have had so many things. I had the opportunity of coming for worship one day, one Sunday. I sat down there. But the church was not as full as this. But to my amazement and wonder, when I came in today, I was wondering whether it was the same place. The Lord is doing a lot. Congratulations. You don't even want to respond to me. I said congratulations. It is not premature. All your exploits in mission, heaven is recording it. And God will not be in your debt. In the name of Jesus Christ, they will serve as physical manifestations of your missionary exploits, whether you are here or not. Hallelujah, somebody. Christian men and women, as I'm standing before you, I feel like growing wings. Growing wings like a bird, so that I'll be unable to fly around and wake up even the dead. I mean those who were part of the beginnings of this church. That they are no longer alive. We keep them in focus throughout the length and breadth of this service. I feel like flying around to tell them get up. And what will be my word to them? My statement will be come and see. Hello? I will fly around and wake them up and say, Come and see. Come and see what? Come and see that your labor of love, after all, was not in vain. Come and see. Secondly, come and see the celebration of the harvest of souls in that small place of those days that has grown astronomically. Thirdly, come and see. Come and see that the little mustard seed sown many years ago has grown into a gigantic tree under the foliage of which birds of the air seek solace and habitation. It is the Lord's doing and it is marvelous in our eyes. This is growth 
This is progress. And none can fault it. I will draw your attention to the text of this brief sermon. I've chosen it from the place of the first reading, Old Testament reading, Exodus chapter 35, verse 21a. And I quote All whose hearts we are stirred and whose spirits were moved came and brought their sacred offering before the Lord. Unquote. I have read from the New Living Translation. I take it again. All, everybody. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm trying to say any other thing. Anyway, it shows that you are awake. All whose hearts were stirred and their spirits moved came and brought their sacred offering before the Lord. Just a little, a little background to the passage under review. We all know that Moses, the great lawgiver, one thing was peculiar with him, from which we may borrow a leaf. Moses as a leader had a rapacious appetite to be always in the presence of the Almighty God. You can't take that away from Moses. Every morning, afternoon and night he's on the mountain. He will spend days and weeks. And during such occasions, he will commune with God. And the Bible says that God in heaven spoke to Moses as friends spoke to friends. Children of God, have you ever heard from God? It is time to begin to pray that you hear from him. If you at any time, you are able in your dream, in your trance, during prayerful disposition, and you hear a word from heaven calling you my son or my daughter, that is a heavenly validation. That shows that God knows you are there. You are his child. You are his son. You are his daughter. And so God will come down and speak with Moses to the extent that by the time Moses would be coming down from the mountain to meet the people of Israel, Moses will not know that there will be a great illumination upon his face. After all, how does a man see his face? A man cannot see his face unless, of course, you go to Amiro. Any encounter with Jesus Christ, you cannot remain the same. Can somebody say amen? And so, this place of our reading and text, one of the occasions he came down and told Israel, I have had an instruction from the Lord. Something he says we have to practice. There will be offering. 
Each person will give according to his or her ability. There is no compulsion whatsoever about this. But this is an instruction from the Almighty. Remember, during the Holy Communion service, we normally say, we give you what you have given us. Everything belongs to you. From what you have given us, we are giving you. Sacred offering. And so the people retired. The congregation of Israel, they retired to their individual homes and got ready for the day of sacrifice. The day of thanksgiving. And this passage says, when that day came, every member of the congregation of Israel whose hearts were stirred and spirits moved, they came with sacred offerings. I want to point out one thing here. Do you see that this congregation was a divided congregation? They were not of one will and of one heart. The division was between those whose hearts were stirred. Those who made themselves available according to the disposition of their hearts. Those who made themselves accessible on one hand. And on the other hand, those who were bemoaning the uh, prevailing situation of the nation. There is unemployment. Uh, the time is not ripe. There are bandits all over the place. In fact, I have uh, unpaid entitlement and such like reasons. Hallelujah, somebody. We need to allow ourselves to bring some kind of gratitude to our master who is the maker. One thing was exciting by my own assessment. The section and passage said sacred offering. Two words. The sacredness of the gift is dependent on the relationship of the giver and the master himself. What makes your gift holy, sanctimonious, the sanctity of your gift is dependent on your relationship with God in heaven. A few years ago, I was at a Hamufu, and one elderly man of about 80 something years taught me a proverb which shows that God can never be deceived. God knows us more than we know ourselves. And in the language of that woman, she said, Don't you believe in speaking in tongues? But if there are any persons there from his user area, the story will be clear. Or camp will that is an expert in telling lies. Cannot afford to hide from God, though he may hide from man. God knows us more than we know ourselves, not minding our pretenses and official gatherings. 
There is a difference between an offering and a sacrifice. As an elderly man, which I am, I, I, I like allegories because they help me deliver the goods. Little stories that will make a lot of money. Offering and sacrifice. It is common when you come into the church of God, you hear the clergyman from the altar saying, Offering time. What do you say? Blessing time. Have you ever heard any Anglican clergyman saying, Sacrifice time? They must not say things like that. Because there is a difference between sacrifice and offering. Oh, yes. One day, Mrs. Hen and Mr. Pig decided to go for a simple knockabout working in Pariposu. I read about this one day when I ran into difficulty with my exam papers for tomorrow. So I wanted to keep myself out of academic mischief and picked up a novel, a document, and read about this story. Mrs. Hen, Mr. Pig, walking around. Soon, they came to a signboard, and the hen jumped up, flapped the two wings, and said, Mr. Pig, Mr. Pig, come and see, come and see, come and see. The pig looked at it and said, what is the excitement all about? And Mrs. Hen pointed to the signboard and said, bacon an egg ready for breakfast. Hello? Am I talking to somebody here? Please reason along with me. Bacon and egg is the typical English breakfast. And so Mrs. N was rejoicing. We are the people. We are the ones who help these people, owners of the restaurant, to break even and make money. We are the origin of their success. And was jumping up and down, flapping the wings. The pig turned around and said, You can afford to rejoice. For today, you can lay an egg. Tomorrow, you will lay another. Next tomorrow, you keep laying. But do you know how they get bacon? I have to be slaughtered. Do you now get the difference? Mrs. Sen daily may be laying eggs. Her own is offering. But this one will give its life. It has to be slaughtered. And so it dies. Does it make any sense to you, children of God, when Jesus said, I have not come to be served. I have come to serve. And also to give my life as a ransom. For many. And that is the ultimate sacrifice. The gospel according to Mark 1045. This is the difference between sacrifice and offering. As many as believe in him and accept him, he gave the power to become the children of God. And this is where the example of the church of Macedonia is exceptional. To the extent that Paul decided to tell the Corinthians, though you are wonderful as a congregation, 
Though there is no spiritual gift that is lacking in your midst. You have a lot of spiritual gifts. There are eminent teachers. Enthusiastic evangelists. People with knowledge. The enumeration is there in the second lesson. There is no kind of gifted person you will not find in the church at Corinth. But Paul told them, but one thing is lacking. Your attitude to giving is deficient. Not minding all your high scores in every other spiritual gift. In giving, your score is low and deficient. Let me give you one biblical secret. Most of the time we say, prayer is the key, prayer is the key. This is true. But from this pulpit, I can tell you that there are doors other virtues can open than prayer. I will give you an illustration because it is biblical. When Jesus and his disciples, they were preaching. From morning till night, people got tired. The disciples complained. Send these people away. We are in the Eremos. We are in the desert. So that they will go into the villages and find themselves something to eat. What did Jesus say? Give them. Hello? Jesus said what? Give them. Gift. There are doors which only the key of gift can open. Don't make any mistake about this. There are doors which only the key of forgiveness can open. Elsewhere in Matthew he says, if you find yourself in the radiance and the presence of the Almighty God for giving gifts, and for one reason or other you discover that you have something at odds with your relation at home, abandon your gift. Go back home and make amends and come back here. But that is not my declaration from this pulpit. Otherwise, a mass exodus will ensue. Oh, yes. If we want to implement it, the church will be empty. Anyone staying behind might be the liar. Most of the time, I'm talking out of experience. We weep and weep and weep on account of the dead. But at the same time, we hold malice with the living. What are people with? Them? You weep for the dead and you hold malice with the living. The church in Macedonia, in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 5, they said, they even did more than we had hoped for. Because their first action was to give themselves to the Lord and to us. Just as God wanted them to do. Priority attention. Repentance. Forgiveness of sin. This was well known to the church in Macedonia. They were sufficiently aware of the fact that Sin, most of the time, seems attractive. It fascinates, but in the end, it assassinates. 
And so they decided to do the first thing first. Repentance of the totality of the congregation. And they were united and of one will and of one voice and of one hope. This morning, when we gathered in our house, and as I, was, as I will always say, in my own family automobile, my driver is my wife. Hello? In my family automobile, my wife is the driver. Not minding that I'm a bishop. She will wake up before me. I'm not so sure she sleeps at all. Because if I wake up by one, she's awake. By two o'clock, she's awake. Three o'clock. I begin to wonder what kind of a woman I'm filled with. If train at night will be disturbance, I would have complained. But as you can see, do I complain? Hallelujah, somebody. As we were having a quiet time this morning, we read a passage where people were building the Tower of Babel. Do you know that their unity was a threat to God himself in heaven? Do you notice it? God was afraid. I'm sorry, it is because of lack of language. I don't know how to say it. But it seemed that God was afraid of the people because of their oneness, unity of purpose. When this church is united as you are, you will constitute a formidable spiritual force. And nothing can truncate it in the name of Jesus Christ. Unity of one voice, of one will. The assembly of Israel was divided, but the church of Macedonia, they were united. And nothing could divide them. If you take time to read the passage of the second lesson, it says that they were under severe test. They had a lot of trouble. There was persecution. All terrible things. And to make the matter worse, they were not only poor, they were wretched. They were poverty stricken. They are a people you will classify to be those at the foot of the pyramid and none is willing to give them a leg up at least. Yet, the third reason was positive. The Bible says that they had superabundance of joy. In their poverty, there was joy. In their, in their persecution, there was joy. In their travel, there was joy. In their deserted circumstances, there was joy. No wonder the psalmist says, 1611, in the presence of the Lord is the fullness of joy. And Nehemiah 8.10 says, and the joy of the Lord will be your strength. And so they have such an overflowing joy that translated into generous gifts. They gave and gave and gave and gave and gave and gave to the extent that the apostles said, We have had enough. Stop giving. Church of Macedonia, enough is enough. But you see their reaction. They said, Ah, uh -uh. do not deny us this invaluable opportunity of giving to the master and to the church at Jerusalem. We know that the reward is imminent. We know that such level of love will be rewarded by God. We know that God will change our parking position because of this. We know 
that God will endow us with the presence of his Holy Spirit because of this. So they kept on giving. Reference was made to the kind of giving they gave, even in the same section. They gave to such an extent that they seemed to have nothing else. In Second Corinthians chapter 8 verse 9, I read, You know the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that by his poverty he could make you rich. In the passage we read, we read for the second lesson. And this is a perfect replication of the kenosis. The kenosis as we see it is found in Philippians chapter 2 from verses 5 onwards. Where Paul says, have this mind in you. The mind that was in Christ Jesus. Who though was in the form of God, he was rich. He was astronomically rich. But he never counted the quality with God. He didn't hang on to. He didn't be grasped. He made himself poor. He emptied himself and became a human being. And came in the form of God. And being found in human form, he became a servant. Not only a servant, he died a death on the cross of Calvary. And therefore, the Bible says, God has highly lifted him. That at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. In heaven and on earth and under the heavens. Praise the living God. These are the dividends of gift. Sacred gifts before God. As they gave, they become a spiritual entity. And they were impregnable to any kind of satanic attack or attack of the enemies. So this is a kind of panacea, not only a blueprint. If you want to be safe in this life, run into Jesus. Trust in him. Deliver all you have into his hands. He will see you through. He will send your spirit to be your God. Morning, afternoon, and night. Nothing will harm you because he's in charge. And come to think of it, do you know that the Bible says it is the spirit that gives life. The flesh is of no avail. And all the words I've spoken to you even this morning, they are spirit and life. The gospel according to St. John, chapter 6 and verse 63. And conversely, in chapter 3, verse 8, it says, Jesus himself, all those who are born of the Spirit, they are like the wind. For you can see the wind blowing, but you cannot, you cannot afford to source its origin and its teleology or its destination. That is cumbersome. Children of God, we are born of the Spirit. And our name is untouchable. If you allow me from this pulpit to give a name to the church of Macedonia, I will call her the church of expectation exceeded. 
And so I bless this congregation. God will exceed your expectations. In the name of Jesus Christ. As we come to give our thanks. We do it with gratitude. Praise the living God. Hallelujah. Shall we pray? Same, same, same.